I don't have a bulletin, so I'll encourage you to read the bulletin for the announcements. The only two that I'll make is, uh, of course, we did not have Sunday school this morning. Uh, we will not have it tonight. I got a call from Pastor this morning. He could barely talk. His, uh, I guess he's got a bad cold. Uh, he's coughing. Couldn't hardly talk. So we've got uh, our guest pastor with us this morning. Uh, <laughs> glad to have you back this morning. 
And if I could get the uh, uh, ushers to come up, uh, we'll do the offering. We're going to go ahead and get ready for worship. Get this knock. You want to stand on your feet this morning? Father, we just thank you for this day, God. We thank you for your presence in this house, Father. We ask this morning that you would just have your way here in this service, God. Just fill this room with your presence, God. Let your anointing fall in this building, Lord, as we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yours will be the only name that matters to me, the only one whose favor I see, the only name that matters to me. Yours will be the friendship and affection I need, oh, to feel my father smiling on me, the only name that matters to me. And yours is the name, the name that saved me. Mercy and grace, the power that forgave me. And your love is all I've ever needed. When I wake up in the land of glory, with the saints I will tell my story. There will be one name that I proclaim. Sing that again. When I wake up in the land of glory, with the saints I will tell my story. There will be one name that I proclaim. Yours will be the only name that matters to me, the only one whose favor I seek, the only name that matters to me. Yours will be the friendship and affection I need. Oh, and I feel my father smiling on me. The only name that matters to me. Yours is the name. And yours is the name, the name that saved me. Mercy and grace, the power that forgave me. And your love is all I've ever When I wake up in the land of glory, with the saints I will tell my story. There will be one name that I proclaim. When I wake up in the land of glory, with the saints I will tell my story. There will be one name that I proclaim. Let's sing his name this morning. Sing Jesus. 
It's hopeless, it must have never met my God. And some may say it's over, but it was finished on the cross. And some may say it's broken, but the healer's in the room. And some may say it's hopeless, but I know God's about to move. God's about There's a miracle in the 
victory awaken breath of God come breathe again like the tripod started shaking all that died will live again oh the miracle you're making the beginning not the end eternity is waiting to see your church alive again reignite us reawaken breath of God come breathe again the travel started shaking all that died will live again oh the miracle you're making the beginning of the end eternity is waiting see your church alive again and there's a miracle in the works I can feel it Revival in the church. I believe it. There's a miracle in the works. I can feel it. There's revival in the church. Oh, I believe. this morning we pray for those God that have miracle miracle issues this morning 
Father, we pray for those that only, only you know about, God. Father, we ask this morning that you just make a way, God, where there seems to be no way at all, Father, that you would just part the waters, God. Father, open the door, God. Lead us, God, down that path that you have chosen for us, God, the path that we're afraid to go down, God, because we can't see the end of it, Lord. But you know, God, Father, we ask this morning that you would just have your way in this worship, Father. As we're lifting our praise to you, God, that you would just move on an individual level in every heart and every life that's represented here, Father. For all sickness, God, we pray for miracles. For disease, Father, we pray for that miracle to come through, God. For restoration, Father, we pray for the miracle. We ask in your name this morning, Lord.
than worthy of, far above. We worship you. We worship you, Lord, in your sovereignty. We worship you, Lord, in your majesty. We worship you, Lord, in your perfection. God without fault, God without flaw. We worship you, Lord, in your goodness. We worship you, Lord, in your mercy. We worship you, Lord, in your grace. We worship you, Lord, in your ever-abiding presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that we can say God is love. Thank you, Lord, that no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, that, Lord, you're the source of help in every need. And, Father, you're the source of blessing in every provision. So, Lord, it's we, your people, we love worshiping you. So, Lord, may you be blessed. May you be magnified. May you be glorified right here in this meeting, Father. Bless your name. Bless your name. God is so good. Can you say amen with me? It's great for Paul and I to be back with you, and you can be seated if you'd like. And let me just say it's great for us to be back with you, and uh, we love you. Uh, I really say that from, from my heart. I really do love y'all. I like coming here. Not, not every church can you say that about, but I really like coming. I like being with you. And uh, I kind of cons- I appreciate what Brother Ron said earlier that I'm a kind of a visiting guest pastor, but kind of look at me like an uncle. Uh, I'm your visiting uncle, you know, and I get to come and be with you every now and then. I think I would miss God if I didn't give an opportunity for a miracle right now. Uh, me personally, I believe in the songs that we sing. Now, remember, I pause for an amen. That means you agree with me. Okay, I haven't got everybody's attention yet. Okay, let's go ahead and move around for a little bit. Okay, now let me come back. I believe that we as Christians ought to have an expectation of the miraculous. Amen. And I believe I would miss God with us singing the songs that we just sung. I believe that I would miss God without giving you an opportunity for God to do a miracle on your behalf. You're here this morning, and I just feel the Holy Spirit directing me a little bit different than normal. And that is, you're here this morning, you need a miracle. It may be a restoration of your marriage. I I know there's some guests here this morning. I heard that when I was in the foyer, that this is your very first time in church, in this church. And I can tell you this, this is a Bible-believing church. This is called a full, now please listen to me, this is called a full gospel church. The difference, in, and we're not saying that we've got a corner on the market for God. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying we're better than anybody else because we're not. The only thing that allows us to get to heaven is Jesus Christ. But at the same time, I want everything that Jesus offers. I want everything that the book tells me about. The Bible tells me that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible tells me that when two or more gather together in his name, that he's right here. And that his presence being here is here for a reason. If you're here this morning, you need a miracle healing. If you're here this morning, you need a miracle restoration of your marriage. Maybe your marriage is really on the rocks. I've seen God restore marriages right here in this church. Anybody say amen? And so you're here this morning, you need God to do a miracle work in your finances. Whatever it is, this is the point. A miracle merely is this, unexplainable. You know, how did that happen? I can't explain it. The answer, it was God. 
uh, in my personal life, had, I've had a number of miracles, and I thank God for that. I've got five grandsons and all five of them living for Jesus. Man, that's a miracle in the culture that we live. Anybody say amen? I got to, uh, we were with you in July and had a grandson that was getting ready to get married and he got married and uh, we, we pulled off the wedding, all went well, they let me do it. And, and so we had just a great time. And then I've got another grandson getting married in two weeks, December 14th, and I get to participate in his wedding also. That's three grandsons married in six months. And they got one mama. One, one mama, and that was that daughter's all three sons. And man, she, she's about ready to pull somebody's hair out. I, you know, but what a blessing. Because that last grandson that's getting married in a couple of weeks is going to be showing up at Owasso First Assembly of God Church on January 1st as their brand new youth pastor. Uh, my other grandson is Keaton. He's in uh, Tyler, Texas. Uh, Kyle? I'm sorry. That's okay, Texas. That's okay. Go, Texas. I think Texas is playing OSU. Sorry, we're going to go for OSU. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Yeah, okay. But he is at Kyle, Texas as a children's pastor. And, and man, what a blessing. And the other grandson is a football coach at uh, now Mustang School, and, and he's a coach teacher. And the other grandson got a job at Paycom, and and the other grandson's in college, and God only knows what he's going to end up doing. But thank God. Thank God. Don't overlook the blessings of the Lord. You're here this morning. You need a miracle. I'm going to ask you to do something very awkward, and I'm not going to embarrass you, but this is a step of faith. I believe every step of faith that we take, God honors. If you're here this morning, you need a miracle. All I'm going to ask you to do, merely do is would you stand right there where you're at. Just stand to your feet. I'm not going to ask you to walk to the front. You need a miracle. You need God to minister to need. You're here this morning. You need a miracle. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Now I'm going to ask everyone else, if you'll look around, please look around. And I would like, I, that's a lot of people needing a miracle, but I'd like to have one person standing with each one. If you're here, look around. You see somebody standing. Would you go up and just put a hand on their shoulder? And it might even, as many as there are, it might even be a couple of you together agreeing with each other for your miracle. But let's pray together, anticipating the miraculous. Let's pray. Father, right now, here we are, your children in your house. And right now we enter into this spirit of agreement, anticipating a miracle. Lord, we know that by your stripes we are healed and we have the miracle of healing. We know that your promise is, my God will supply my every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, we know that's a financial miracle. We know that, Lord, your desire is to restore anything that the enemy destroys. So, Father, be the restorer of marriages. Be the restorer of relationships and families. Be the restorer, we pray. And, Lord, we know that you're the deliverer that, that you set free and that those you set free are free indeed. So, Father, may there be even the miracle of deliverance. Deliver from fear. Deliver from worry. Deliver from bondage of depression and doubt and unbelief. God, do the work of deliverance. So, Lord, we come right now by faith and we ask that in every one of these needs, just made representative by people standing, that you will openly, mightily, and very specifically minister. And Father, do this work that only you as God can. And we call it a miracle, Lord. And we come back to you and give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless your hearts. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. God is good. I want to ask you to pray with me concerning one other thing, and that is we want to pray for your pastor. Uh, your pastor made contact with me and just let me know that he wasn't feeling well. And man, it looks like Christmas here, doesn't it? Man, somebody's really can decorate. Amen? Really. My wife puts a Christmas tree in every room, and I go, Paula, there's two of us, and we don't need a Christmas tree in every room. You know, but uh, uh, she believes in Christmas, and I do too, and, and it is beautiful. And man, your carpet is beautiful. Man, whoever picked that, y'all did a good job. Hope there's no, no fighting over it, you know? And uh, the foyer, man, the tile, good choice, you know? I love what you've done. I love what you've done with the place, you know? <laughs> Thank God. Y'all are great people. Y'all get my jokes. Not everybody does, but y'all really do, and I appreciate it. Uh, let's pray for Brother Pastor Marcus. Uh, Pastor Marcus is not feeling well. Uh, someone mentioned that the whole family has been battling sickness, and, and I know he's, I know a pastor's heart, trust me, he's watching us today. And so I want him to know that his church family is praying for him. And so let's pray for him. Father, we touch faith together right now for Pastor Marcus. We pray, Father, your healing touch. Take away every sign of the sickness. Do it in such a way that we see, we know it's come from you. And Lord, we pray your blessing upon his ministry. We thank you for, for what you've already done through him and his family and the ministry. And Lord, we pray greater things ahead. May you continue to move in this church. May there continue to be great things that happen. And Lord, bless our brother Marcus right now with your miracle healing touch. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Everybody agree together. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. I love the Lord. And I love preaching, teaching. I think I've done it with you. I don't need a whole lot of introduction about who I am. And let's just kind of drop all of that. Let's get right into the word. If you'll find your Bible, find Genesis chapter 12. There's something's happening in our culture that's happening in our lifetime, that's happening in our world that I believe we need to get over, open up our eyes. Uh, I believe that many Christians have fallen asleep. I believe many Christians have fallen asleep. And I don't believe, I really believe that many Christians don't even know what's happening in the world today. When you look at that screen, that ought to get your attention. And if you yawn by looking at that screen, shame on you. Because you're, you don't even have a clue of what's happening. You ought to look at that screen and go, thank God Jesus is coming back. Amen. And so understand this is a challenging message but it's one that really needs to be preached. And I, I think one, one of my heart's desire is to preach the right message at the right time. And I seek God and, and I, I pray, give me the right one for those people there. And, and this is what I believe God wants me to share. Father, I pray your anointing upon your word. And Father, may your word come alive to every one of our hearts. May truth be shared from behind your pulpit. We don't want men's opinion. We don't want some political opinion. We want thus saith the Lord. So, Father, you're anointing, you're equipping, you're empowering, you're prevailing through your truth, because that's what we want more than anything is truth. Your help, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. If you would, I'm, I want to make a statement here at the very beginning, and, and I put it on the screen, and it's this. It's important that our understanding and our beliefs regarding Israel be biblical. 
because the political and the popular opinion may change tomorrow. Please understand, as Christians, if you think I'm making a political statement, please, you're wrong. I'm not coming from a Democrat, Republican, independent, you know, aristocrat, whatever it is. I'm not coming from a political position. I'm coming from a biblical position. And we need to know what should a Christian's view be of Israel. When you hear the name Israel, it's referring to two things. It's referring to a people and it's referring to a land. And I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna prove it to you biblically, you cannot separate Israel the land from Israel the people. They will die to the last man. If you will please understand in this view of Israel that we have, it desperately, desperately needs to be, if you would please, it needs to be biblical. If you look at the screen with me, please. I'm, I'm gonna do some teaching, preaching, so I'm gonna lay a foundation. Uh, I'm analytical in my thinking and, and I love to be able to teach and preach to people who wanna learn. So if you would, notice with me the very mention of the word Israel. In that, in that study of scripture, many times you go to the first mention of. And the first mention of Israel, we find, is a name change. We find Abraham had a son. If you remember with me, Abraham had a son and his son had a son. So we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Esau. Jacob and Esau were twins, and Jacob was the son of promise of, from God. If you remember with me, Jacob wrestled with an angel and his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. And Jacob had 12 sons and the 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 children, Asher, Benjamin, Dan, Gad, Issachar, Judah, Joseph, Naphtali, Levi, Manasseh, and if you remember, Zebulun, Simeon, and right there's close to 12 and that's what they are, 12 sons. And then if you'll remember with me, here we look at this and we see Israel and, and it's referred to, if you will please, in King James Version, it says, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. So what we find is the name has changed from hill catcher, Jacob, or deceiver. And it's changed from that to either translated as prince with God or God's fighter. That's what Israel means, God's fighter. In other words, a tough, tough people descending from Jacob. If you will, let's look at some things. And I wanna divide this up in three sections. Section number one, if you note taker and, and wanna learn and, and take notes and put it in your Bible, here we go. Number one is what the Bible teaches about Israel. Uh, that's what I want. Uh, I want what is it that God says about Israel. Because again, what I see is in our culture, the attitude towards Israel changes. We're living in an anti-Semitic culture today. Anybody say amen? If you've been watching the news, there's anti-Semitic protests everywhere. That's anti-Israel, exactly what I'm talking about. Thank God that the political climate in America is in favoritism to support Israel. Thank God that we're supporting Israel today. And what is it gonna to be tomorrow? I'd like to think that our president has enough backbone that he's gonna stay true to a protection of Israel. But could it be that political climate changes? We're getting ready to go into a presidential election. Could it be that tomorrow that we don't have the support that we do today? 
See, that's why I'm saying I don't want a political opinion. I want a biblical opinion. That's why it's so critical. So if you would, please, let's understand. First, the land is promised to the people. That's what they're fighting about today is the land. And please understand that. It's critical that you as a Christian understand that the land is promised to the people. In Genesis chapter 12, if you'll notice with me, Genesis chapter 12, beginning with verse 1, this is the very promise of the coming of Jesus Christ through Abraham and through the people of Israel. If you remember with me, Genesis 12 and 1 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. How in the world did that happen? Through Jesus Christ. Because through Abraham came the lineage, eventually, of Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, all the nations of the world are blessed. If you notice with me, what God wanted was this special land and a special people by which he could bring into the world, his promise, and his provision of salvation. That's what God wanted. What I see is, is this, if you'll notice with me, and, and this is current day and yesterday maps, but notice with me, uh, and I don't think I've got a pointer. Is that a pointer? Yeah, it's a pointer. Hallelujah. Okay, here is Ur the Chaldeans, and what we're talking about is Abraham was first in Ur, and then it tells us that he left and went up to Haran, and then he came to this land of promise, eventually to Shechem, which today is Israel. And so if you will please, biblically, this is the track that Abraham took yesterday. Okay, now what we look at then, and if you will please, the one thing to always look at when you look at the Middle East is mainly look at the rivers and the water. Here's the Euphrates River working down to Ur. And then what I see also then is the Euphrates River, and this is current day. Here's the Euphrates River. So he left Ur of the Chaldeans. He left this area. He went north to a place called Haran, and then he traveled south to Israel. This is the land yesterday that is today Iraq, Syria, and down into Israel. That's, what, that's the track that Abraham took. If you will, it's important for us to see and understand what Scripture says about this land. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, Abraham was to leave his father's house and move to a different land. In Genesis 11 and 31, he moved from Ur, which is today Iraq. He moved to Haran, which is today on the Syrian-Turkey border. From there, Genesis, if you'll note with me, he went down to Israel. In Genesis 12 and 6, Abraham traveled to Shechem, which is Israel today. Critical that we understand this pilgrimage. Now, the location of Shechem is Israel. Now, in Genesis 12 and 7, and I'm, I'm just going to give you tons of scripture. If you want to take pictures of these screens, you can do it, or I will leave the PowerPoint. You can do a, few, a further study. But if you'll notice with me, Genesis 12 and 7, God said to Abraham, to your descendants, I will give this land. Critical. Okay, who's the descendants of Abraham? That's the critical question, and that's where the fight comes. 
but his promise was, to your descendants, I will give this land. So one of the basic principles in understanding Israel and end time events that we're living in right now is that you cannot separate Israel the land from Israel the people. It is both. And Israel, trust me, will die to the last person to protect the land. Uh, I, I will challenge you to, there's a video that I challenge you to, uh, if you have time and, and, and are into this type of thing, it's on Prime uh, and Prime Video, and there's a movie called Golda. It's about Golda Meir, who is the Prime Minister of Israel during the Yom Kippur War exactly 50 years ago. Please get that. In 1973, same thing happened as what happened on October 7th of this year. Exactly 50 years ago was the Yom Kippur War in Israel. The Lord is showing us so many things concerning end time events, the return of Jesus Christ. And it's time for us to get excited about the fact that Jesus is coming back. If you'll notice with me, Genesis 13 and 15, God said to Abraham, for all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants, notice with me, forever. It's gonna be yours forever. Uh, in Genesis 15 and 18, God gave Abraham the boundaries for the land. This is what's critical. That's one of those scriptures you really wanna mark because there's the boundaries. It says, to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt, which is the Nile, from the Nile River to the great river, the river Euphrates. So if you would please, when you go to a map and you look at that and you say, okay, what was the land that God promised? You'd go to the Nile River here, which is over in Egypt, and you'd go to the river Euphrates. So if you would take in all of this land here, that's the land of promise. Are you with me? That was the land that God promised to Abraham. And when you study the nation boundaries today, if Israel possessed all the land that was promised to Abraham, there would not be a Lebanon, nor would there be a Jordan. It'd take a great portion of Saudi Arabia. Syria would lose three-fourths of its land mass, and Iraq would lose about one-half of its land mass if they held to the promise of the land that was given to Abraham. Then if you'll note with me, the promises stated again to the children of Israel under Moses' leadership. If you remember with me, let, let's do a little bit of Bible history. And that was, um, there was a famine in the land. Joseph was in Egypt. And so he had his family come out of Israel into Egypt. Uh, they went into Egypt, some 70 people. They came out some 3 million plus people. And then they came to the land of promise. They're going back to the land of promise that God promised to Abraham. What were they doing then? They were possessing the land because while they were gone, somebody else moved in. Are you with me? And so now they're coming back to the land of promise. And God made a promise to Moses. And, he, and in this, he promised the land. Lebanon is mentioned by name as a land to belong to Israel. And again, all the way to the Euphrates. Notice with me, Deuteronomy 11 and 20. Every place on which the sole of your feet, telling Moses, everywhere your foot treads shall be yours from the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even to the Mediterranean, the Western Sea. So now we've got this boundary of north, Lebanon, south, wilderness, east we go to Euphrates, west we go to the Mediterranean City. Uh, the Mediterranean Sea. It's a promise to Moses now, restated. 
critical. If you would, in Genesis 17 and 8, the land of promise was to the Israels, notice with me, an everlasting possession. They're not to hold it just for a while, they're to hold it forever. Now, I find in Scripture in Jeremiah that there's a promise of God for Israel, and that is God will never deny his covenant promises to Israel. Anybody look up and look at me, please? Uh, understand this. This is critical that you get this. Now, I, and understand this. The covenant promises of Israel are going to be in effect as long as there's the sun coming up and it being day and night. He's got promises for Israel. Now, why is the land so important? Because that's, that's, I know we've got an Americanizing of, in our thinking, and some of y'all are yawning in, your, in my face right now, going, man, this, what in the world does this mean to me? And the reality is, why is the land so important? Uh, in Deuteronomy, notice with me, 11 and 12. 11, 11 and 12. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. So here I find the reason why the land's so important is because the land is important to God. And the land now becomes important to the people because it's so important to God. Can you say amen? Uh, I've been to Israel three times. We had a trip scheduled to uh, uh, Israel this past November and we had to cancel it because on October 7th, Everything took place that you know is happening right now. And I can tell you the land of Israel is a very special land. And the, the fact is we've got to be able to understand where we are on God's timetable. And if you want a timepiece, what is the timepiece to look at to know what time it is in relationship to God's timeline? Look at Israel. Always watch Israel, and you can know what time it is on God's timetable. So if you would, number one, let's notice what the Bible tells us about Israel. Israel the land, Israel the people. Number two, Israel will be a last day's target. Scripture tells us this. What's happening today in Gaza in, with the Hamas to the south, Hezbollah to the north, Lebanon, what's happening today is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. This is happening because God said it would. Now, please look at me and I want you to understand something. God's sovereign. I'm going to tell you, if you've got a pimple on your nose, God knows it. Are you with me? Uh, whatever you're going through, God is sovereign. And I'm going to prove it. If, if he can know everything hundreds of years before it happened and then see it come about as a reality, I'm going to tell you, God's upon the throne. When I look in Ezekiel, notice with me, Ezekiel 38, 14 through 17, a nation from the north comes down to attack Israel. If you will, Zechariah 14 and 2 says, all nations will fight against Jerusalem, that there's going to come a time. There is 1.9 billion Muslims on the planet today.